0: Welcome back.
1: You get enough cocktails in me, and I'll I'll let the guard down, loose, you know, yeah. and cut down. Because especially at weddings and stuff too, because it's like, who cares if you look goofy? You know, everybody's looking goofy. Everyone's having oh, yeah. a good time, you know.
0: Well, it's also there's no, there's no like a like all your inhibitions are gone at wedding because like you're probably unless you're at a wedding with all your boys or something if you're like at a family wedding or something or a wedding for someone that you don't know that you're just like the date you're probably the coolest motherfucker up in there anyway so just yeah. go ahead and do whatever you want
2: to do yeah <laughs> it's true I was, I was the best man at a wedding not too long ago and uh, you know with what we talked about earlier in the back of my head like don't be a, a freaking knot on a, on a tree you know and just get out there and not care and no one ever did you know what I mean you, you always got a grandpa to save the day he's the yeah. worst you always got a grandpa that's like just like, really yeah. breaking it horribly yeah and uh you're always better off than he is dude,
0: so my parents were always the couple that got out and started dancing at the wedding so I kind of got that in my head and uh so even if it's and they were actually good my grandpa used to go dancing until he was like in his 80s like every Tuesday night he would go dancing and uh keep the arthritis was, away it was a I did <laughs> He also lived till he was, like, 98 years yeah. old. So, hell, man. It's so, a, it's the
1: first couple dancing. Is that, like, the slow clap
0: where it starts yeah. off slow? You
1: just need that one clap, that one
0: person to get out there and dance. Well, Everybody does and a then slow then dance like, for their first dance, right? But, like, what if, like, I wanna, I always want to do that, like, end of the movie montage where they start off with a slow dance and then it breaks out into, like, yeah. s- into some booty dancing in the middle and everybody rushes out in the middle of the dance. And
1: or it's the opposite of movies, too, where you see they'll do, like, a lot. Everybody's dancing and all of a sudden slow song comes on and the, the, the everybody like freezes the, the couple's sort of like that awkward moment where like oh, do you oh that's true yeah they know know what they're what like I mean? oh like, now like they're oh. like dodging each other the whole time yeah, then, and all like, of a sudden
2: now's the moment to, yeah, to yeah. take the prize so to
0: speak <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you call that the uh, end of every American Pie movie <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah 100% yeah, yeah. I
2: uh, it was weird my uh, my first dance was with my mom and uh, we danced to the, uh, the Pixies Where's My Mind oh, which is like really unconventional as far yeah. as like Because I looked up online, like, you know, mother and, like, you know, son dance songs. And a lot of them are really pervy. Like, oddly. Yeah, it was like, it was like. A lot of sexual tension in these songs. Oh. I'm just like, I'm not dancing to my mom.
1: To yeah, I'm not one of those guys that's looking for uh, another mom to, right. you know, like yeah. those guys that have it to would date be, someone. Would know, what if me like you, of their to mom. Dance, like, you first danced <laughs> with your mom and it was like,
0: <laughs> she was
1: only 16? Yeah, like it's <laughs> yeah. it like really
2: awkward kind of things. And then uh, my mom's a huge Fight uh, Fight Club movie fan. So, uh, nice. I don't know how it all came around, but it, I, I found that song. It's like a perfect tempo for a slow dance. You know, and it kind of commended into her, like, love for Fight Club. And uh, I used to have a Fight Club when I was a kid in high school. And, like uh, legit, a legit? A legit one, show. yeah. We're, we just, we're were boxers. Mm-hmm. So, like, we didn't, none of us knew how to fight. And I actually had a, a situation where I almost got almost got beat up one time when I was probably, like, 16 by, like, 40s of these little jockey kids at school. Yeah. I don't know what I did to piss them off, but I definitely did it good. And uh, I realized... I didn't know how to fight. You don't really think about it till you need it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you always you always feel tough watching all these movies growing up and like yeah, you know yeah. watching like Arnold Schwarzenegger kill oh, I everybody. Could do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the moment, I just froze and stood there. And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm a pussy." Yeah. And it was horrible. Like, and I was like, I told all my friends about it, and they're all like, "Oh, let's go beat him up." I'm like, "What are you guys gonna do? I'm yeah. bigger than all of you, and I couldn't do anything about it." And yeah, yeah. So I invited everyone over to my house, and uh, we started just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. And. It's- yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we just started just beating. <laughs> Fuck us, shit, damn. Yeah, yeah, we started beating the shit out of each other and uh, quickly learned that, you know, none of us knew how to fight really well. <laughs> we were, like, hurting each Did other. You but you guys not. at least learn how to take a punch? I mean. So, yeah, I, I I actually was kind of on the uh, the better side of the. I was a little bit more on the athletic. So I definitely was able to get kind of in front of the, the bloody noses and stuff like that mm-hmm. and just kind of started delivering them. So, but, yeah, after that, that's how we learned how to fight, and we just kept running with it in the whole little punk rock hardcore scene back then. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really interesting to think about. Like, you don't know how to fight unless, you know, you're put in that scenario. Yeah.
0: Hell, yeah. Especially when you don't know how to fight, you end up hurting yourself more than, like, like you, you go to punch somebody and you don't know how to punch. You're, gonna, you're It freaking hurts, dude.
1: Dude, my last fight I got in, in, in was in high school. Well, legit fight. You know, I've, I've been in a couple bar scuffles since... Uh, but really, last legit fight was probably high school, and uh, senior year, man. And uh, yeah, it was a good fight. There was—I'll le- put it this way. I can way. see you're reminiscing over there right now. Just <laughs> well, I was it thinking, all together. Wistful. There was this huge caravan of people because you know I get into the altercation with this guy in first period, and we're like, "Well, fuck it. I guess we're gonna end up fighting today." It's like meet me after school kind of situation that's first period there's you got five periods to go so the word spreads you know oh yeah yeah. and i'm a senior and i was pretty popular at the time you know and so next thing i know i'm leaving the parking lot dudes behind me we're all going to my house and there's like a car a caravan of like 20 or 30 cars and they all go to my house and they get out there these people stop their cars in the middle of the street they all get out traffic is stopped it's like it's like a movie and there's like 50, 60 people around watching this fight. Me I and hope this you dude. won. I'm not sure where this is leading, but uh, it, was, it was it was pretty even. Uh, I would say uh, I did I did have to tap out at the last you, minute. You do uh. that. Uh, you do well, that. To do, that I thing did, where you I, was there mutual th- respect went, at the end of it? Yeah. So well, see, I delivered the most like damage as far as like the next day at school. He looked like he took it worse, but I'm the one that tapped out because he got on my back. Yeah. And he he jumped oh, on was my. Was he a little guy? Because that's our move. Dude. Well, he was actually bigger than me, <laughs> but he jumped on my back. And I had a gravel driveway, and I stumbled forward and face the whole front of my body just with his weight on top of my back. I land on the gravel, and it it was just over. I was just like, dude, I'm done. I tap out.
0: (laughs) Well, on that note, (laughs) 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 we got all these little
1: little high school (laughs) fights that we're reminiscing off of. Yeah. I did beat the shot of one kid one time for pushing me in a URL while I was taking a pee, and I got pee all over myself. Well, it's not not a cool thing to do. Well, I, I, mean, all, I do this with my friends all the time. Well, personally, you know, I didn't like the kid <laughs> who did it, but yeah, we weren't friends. In fact, he was kind of a guy that he and I would always go back and forth, you know. And uh, I'm taking a piss one day. He pushes me into the urinal, get pee on myself. And I did that very calm thing. We were just sort of like, okay, I'm going to take my time. I'm put your pants finish back up. Put my pants, put everything back up <laughs> while he's laughing at me. And then as soon as I turn around, I'm just like, doop, doop, doop. doop. And it was fun. I'll just say, dude, never picked on me again. I beat the crap out of that dude. I got in trouble for that one too. It's like, how do I get in trouble for that? He pushed me into the urinal. Worth it. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. There's a week out of school. It's like, my dad was like, kind of. He was okay with it. Actually, He was, it was fine with me doing that. Yeah. After I moved
2: to Tennessee, I haven't, I haven't been in a scrap in a long time. Oh, like you said, like a bar one. You know, where it's kind of like, I kicked a dude down the stairs at Grand Central Station one time though. Uh, where was he really. Yeah, that was a bad call. I shouldn't have done that. But it just happened to be the scuffle occurred right there on, like, one of those little platforms of stair sets. And uh, at the time, like, you know, I'm a a pretty tall guy. So, like, that's your longest striking, like, with least amount of, like, possible, like, repercussion. So I just just straight just kicked the guy and just launched him.
1: (laughs) My girlfriend, Gabby, just showed up.
0: So without we haven't gotten into where we're at or who our guest is or anything yet but just a quick question before we jump into that have you ever had to escort somebody out of here
2: no we have we've actually never had a physical altercation at primings uh which is amazing it's awesome that we've never had to deal with that the way the place
0: is and the style and the aura that we give off definitely kind of deters that kind of action um well you know when uh when our buddy darren was on the show one of the things that he told us about uh Cigar smoking and cigars in general was that he was he was he he likes to use this line that cigars are a uh, a self-selecting group of people, you know we people who like cigars want to hang out with them it's a it's a right right and I kind of feel like this place is that way like especially with the with the uh, not not only the clientele that comes in but the people you hire as well all seem to kind of kind of know what's going on, you know like there there's a, there's, yeah. a, there's a certain vibe that uh, that you have when you walk in here and he just you kind of get the vibe that not only is this a you, you not only is it a nice place when you walk in but you kind of get the vibe that neither the staff nor the clientele is going to put up with any shenanigans so yeah
2: exactly yeah. i think i think the only thing that uh i can recall that it was physical altercation was uh my uh one of my bartenders wesley he uh had a homeless guy come up to him outside and like tried to bump some off and was like you know i don't have anything yeah. and the dude got really mad and like reached back to do like a haymaker yeah and west saw it coming and just jacked him right in the face and like oh, dropped shit. him Damn. like a little jabs like Psh. yeah yeah like a quick one yeah because he saw it and he just like reflex wise i was out, actually out of town when it happened so i get a phone call being like Wes just knocked a hobo out i'm like oh my god <laughs> all right but then he told me the story i'm like okay that makes complete sense but the guy was like i guess it's slow motion essentially is what i heard well so he's like reached back really slow like he's just gonna come around with something and then West is like just dropped him and the dude like crumbled and then just got up and ran off.
0: That guy was back in the shelter that night. Like, man, you don't believe. I just got knocked the fuck out by Justin Timberlake. <laughs> so, yeah,
2: yeah, essentially, yeah. Like I, Wes is not a big dude, but I guarantee that guy did not realize that was getting ready to happen yeah. to him. So. You
1: know, it's interesting. I've had homeless folks get mad at me for not having cash on me, too. I'm like, dude, I mean, I really, you know, if I got a little couple of dollars, I'll throw them. But it's like. It's like, man, they get mad at you if you don't give them money. It's like, I guess they're spoiled here in Nashville. Everybody's giving them a little something, but well, I got,
2: I got really mixed feelings about it because, like, you know, be, being a, a place where like you're you're typically in charge of the scenario that happens in your building, we don't want to give them money because it encourages them to be around. Sure. Yeah. They think that oh, I just found a money pot, and mm-hmm. they're just going to stick around and constantly. So they'll come. They'll tell their friends. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I feel I feel bad, but man, we have to be kind of we have to be pretty stern with them. And uh, I hate doing that because he wants to believe their stories are real, but, mm-hmm. man, you just do not know. Yeah. So, like, yeah, but we treat them all equally, and, like, we, we're respectful to them to a certain extent, and we just tell them, like, hey, man, it's just not what you do in this area. So, mm-hmm. you know, move along.
0: Yeah. All right. Speaking of moving along, we, we should probably let let everybody know who this third voice is they're hearing yeah. on the mic. So, ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, coalesce, cogitate, cavort with us. This is Share Your Buzz, ep- episode 151. What? One? 151. Wow. Uh, I'm Tony. Chris is here. What up? And we got a guest in the house tonight we're going to get into real quick. But first, we got a little bit of business. We want to make sure that we give a shout-out to our um, our first and foremost sponsor, Mayday Brewery. Because mm-hmm. we're actually sipping on some Mayday tonight. Yes. It's on tap here at I Priming. i got some so blonde in my belly yep. right now. Yep. It's feeling good. So, thanks to Ozzy and Mayday. Um, <clears throat> hit them up at MaydayBrewery.com com or 521 Old Salem Road if you're out in the area of Murfreesboro. Uh, so earlier in the week, I was listening to uh, it's like some brewing podcast and they were talking about how everybody's going to growlers now because you know when you put it, when you put your beer in a growler, you get air in there mm-hmm. and you know but. but a lot of, Ozzy's got this system. One of the first things Ozzy ever touted to me was the system he showed me and Chris. He's got, like, this CO2 system that blows air into the growlers while he's filling them up. So you don't get any air in your growlers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's not an issue when you go out to Mayday, man, and yep. get some of their beer.
1: They stay fresh. I mean, you,
2: you know, yeah. they're fresh. And they're and a lot, uh, lot easier to tackle than a full-blown growler. Yeah. You know, they're like a little <coughs> big old 2 by 4 can. So. Yeah. yeah. And
0: although I will say, man, I'm back to the growler because... It's like so you, a, a Crowler looks big, but then when you get at home and realize it's only two beers, you're like, I kind of wish I would have got the Growler now. Yeah. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. I just got to buy more Crowlers to get, like get like a
0: six pack. So uh, you can get a lot of their beer in cans now the the, uh, the Blonde, the Redhead, the Inner Sanctum, and then their special releases. They have like the um, My Pet Cat out, and it's like a yeah, IPA they that. have out now. Yeah, that so they're canning crazy right now, but. They have 24 taps, man. You're never mm-hmm. going to be able to sample everything. So go to the brewery and get something to take home with you. Um, my favorite on tap right now, is they might not have any, any left anymore, but it's their award-winning Marzen, their Oktoberfest. They won the Nashville Oktoberfest last year. Um, they were featured this year. So, yeah, go check them out. Thanks to Ozzy and everybody. and yeah, then Ozzy
1: was saying they could keep the beer dude, they, on the show. They, they, they sold out of They went 60
0: kegs in three days at the yeah, Oktoberfest. That's yeah. amazing.
1: <coughs> <coughs> so... so yeah.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna collab with them again, hopefully in the winter time on another share your buzz beer, because that first one sold out in like a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited they have uh, the May Day on
0: tap here, so very excited. We want to give uh, one quick shout out to Reka Reka as yes. well. Yeah. Reka hooked us up with a bunch of uh, a bunch of swag and a bunch of giveaways mm-hmm. to give to our listeners and stuff. So
1: yeah, Tony totally uh, made us an awesome martini. This.
0: Yeah, in fact, evening. I just had some Reka. Tonight and then mm-hmm. over um, right before Halloween, me and Faith we did a little pre-gaming with some Rekha uh, some Reka martinis before we went out to uh, to play for Halloween, which was an experience I'll tell you guys about. In a, but that was a that was a fun night. I got I, my my superhero cape got stuck to a gay man's mesh T-shirt, which was very
2: <laughs> very uh, the the best scenario. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then you do that thing where it was funny because we both were like it took me an awkwardly long time to get it off. And then we both like to unclip it because you know there's like music playing. It's dark. We're like you're trying to hurry up and do it, so, so it's not awkward, but it ends up taking you more longer because you're trying to fuzzle with it. And <laughs> yeah. then so like and there was no like there wasn't even like a like a um, a friendly goodbye afterwards. We both like knew it was awkward, so just immediately parted ways and never spoke the rest of the night.
2: Oh, that's funny. Uh, you have the opportunity to have a new friend man you gotta yeah. capitalize on scenarios like that
0: well somebody had come along from the the bar I guess and they saw me and Faith had our I um, was Robin she was uh, Poison Ivy so they came along and we got some nice costumes like professional yeah, costumes yeah I saw that
2: on social media somewhere I think it was Instagram yeah. I think
0: and she so the guy from the club can he say hey, can I take a picture of you guys and we were like yeah come on well the guy that was in the bar next to us kind of leaned in took a picture with us you know no harm no foul wouldn't not a big deal sure but then while he was leaning in he had he had his like he leaned in like real far had his arm around me and faith you know mm-hmm. like one of those kind of things and his like his he had one of those see-through like uh, men at work shirts go uh, you know going on the uh, village people shirts going <laughs> on right. there and uh so like my the clamp from my kate got hooked on his his mesh you know it was sounds purposeful to be honest classic. yeah, yeah. Knew what was <laughs> up.
1: he was doing that on purpose. So, Tony and yeah. his compression shorts he was
0: wearing. I, they were compressed, believe me. It was, uh, so, yeah, so thank you to Reka and a big thank you to Mayday, of course, and always. Um, yeah, so we are, again, the third time club for primings, man. We're at yeah. Priming Cigar Lounge again. We're sitting here with Jacob mm-hmm. Forth. What's we up, do? man? Good. Uh, what, is, what is your title here? The GM? I, I am yeah. the general manager. The general, yeah. So, uh, what I... It's, it's, this is... Awesome, because uh, it's it's always a little bit easier when you're hanging out with somebody that you know a little bit. The conversation goes easier. It's less of an interview, more of a conversation. And mm-hmm. and this and, I, and the place too. We're on location right now, but I'm here like twice a week anyway, so it feels kind of like I'm just doing it in the studio. Yeah, we're. Yeah, fans. It, feels, it feels nice and natural. You yeah, know? it's mm-hmm. not so bad. So, and but the, besides the fact that I come here all the time and I'm a fan of the place, uh, I've been wanting. I been Chris knows this. I've been I've been, I've been wanting to get a. Uh, for lack of a better term, a bartender. Although bartender seems a little like not up to, bartender seems to cheapen it. But then mixologist sounds kind of douchey. So is there is there?
2: That, a literally, it, it's it's treading on glass a bit with that. You know, some people don't even want to be called mixologist. They just don't believe that's like the the way they want to be described as. Some people just glorify it. So honestly, I, I keep it pretty simple. I, I just like, do. I tend a bar. Yeah. You know, there's no reason to glorify <coughs> it. At the end of the day, <coughs> we're. We're serving alcohol to everybody we could possibly can of every style and genre. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is what it is. It's a very simple thing. There's no, I don't think, a necessary reason to escalate it. You know, some people out there definitely work and get um, titles and this and that. You got the master mixologist-like thing that you can do as well. You know, that type of stuff, you know, you know, it's like being a doctor. If you if you really put yourself forward like that or a song, a sommelier, it's – yeah take it own it you know you worked really hard and you gained that title if you're just working out a bar and hanging out and having a great time you know that's what i do i've been in this industry for 12 years i don't see a reason to say it any other than i just serve alcohol for a living you know what i mean no reason
1: to glorify it you're one of my favorite kind of people so yeah, i appreciate <laughs> the serve alcohol well, to it's, me it's uh
0: <laughs> and me and chris one of the things that we uh go back to that we have in common a lot is this this love for um pub culture or bar culture in general and not necessarily going out and getting fucked up or whatever. Not even, It's just the idea of going into like a lounge or a bar or a pub, and the i like the the decor that is, they choose, the way the ambiance is when you get in. Though I've always been a fan of like the. I Maybe mean, because when I was little, my parents had a wet bar in our basement, and my dad would always throw parties down there, and my mom and dad, and I would go down there and play when the, you know, and stuff, but I had, there was always this bar in the corner, and you, like, they had all the bottles set up all nice and everything, everything laid out, mm-hmm. all like, their, their mirrors like on the back wall with like the Budweiser mirror and all that stuff, and there's always been something intriguing. Like, I love sitting at a good bar and looking behind the bar and seeing how they have their bar set up and looking at all the bottles with the lights. And everything kind of—it just the shiny bottles, the different shaped so bottles. Something soothing about it. It's I don't just, know yeah. what
2: it is, but yeah, it's it's a very relaxing. Well, at least with myself, it's a very relaxing thing. Uh, my my favorite place would be is sitting in a busy bar, that's yeah. not mine, because I can sit there and chaos is spinning around me and know I can do nothing but just sit there and have a drink.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, because I'm sure you're you're used to you know. Yeah, it's weirdly
2: therapeutic for me. I don't, yeah. I don't understand why. Because, <laughs> like you said, you're looking at everything, and I look at it a different perspective. As I look at the operations, not just the decor and how it's laid out. But every time I go to a bar, I learn something uh, that they're doing because you can see and kind of fill in the big picture of pieces that every bar is different. Every bar operates in a different kind of magnitude.
0: And know? we're lucky in Nashville to have a plethora of places to choose from. So it's whatever you're into it's kind of like now in general in the world like with the internet whatever you're into you can find something online that suits your your needs or whatever so Mm -hmm. in Nashville we have a plethora of bars and restaurants to choose from so sometimes and I'm guilty of this a lot I will go to a place um, not just because I like the bartender or the drinks they make but because I I feel like being in that kind of place right now you know like I'm like sometimes I want to come to a lounge and relax smoke a cigar I mean, Jacob sees me come in here sometimes with my laptop and sit in the corner and not talk to anybody. I just want to. It's and easy
2: to work in this atmosphere. But man. then
0: sometimes I'm in the mood where I want to go to a pub and watch football, you know, and just and drink That's beer. That's the one and thing
2: and Nashville doesn't have anymore, man. We lost our Irish pub influence, which yeah. which is a huge bummer. I'm a massive advocate of Irish pubs. I used to work in one, and, uh, you know, just the camaraderie is amazing what that country creates, like that understanding. And uh, for whatever reason, Nashville just isn't
1: big on it. Hopefully it comes back around. We'll see. That, is that pub still down there on 1st Avenue? Well, in right. was one on 1st right. Avenue that was there forever. It was like a, uh, a British-style pub. And they had the best You're steak not talking biscuits. about the
2: Shaanakee, are you? That was, like, super old
1: school.
0: No, it wasn't an Irish name. It was
1: something else.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. I know they're a chain, but when I first moved here seven years ago, in fact, I think they were open up till about a year or two ago or three years ago, but even Dan McGinnis on the corner down in the Mombran, mm-hmm. they uh, – they good fish and chips. Well, their bar, like their actual bar, like the wooden, like old school Irish, like ar- like architecture of the bar was so nice, man. And when they when they closed that place down and turned it into the brewery, yep. I was like, oh, man, who got that bar? That's got to be like in someone's house right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I
2: used to know that answer, actually, because I was there the last night. Um, Quinn, the owner, he, uh, he had been coming into the lounge uh, starting up Music City Light. So him and I met each other and, uh, you know, instantly you know, kind of hit it off. And I was like, he's like, Oh, I own damn again. It's getting ready to be done. And I was like, damn. So I went over there the very last night and I regret not going there a whole lot more often. Cause I worked yeah. at Mount Juliet against Nashville. I was like, no reason to drive all the way down here back then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the amount of love and just kind of like happy remorse, like the bittersweetness of the place yeah. closing. Dude, you know, I, spent I wish I had been going in there for years. Yeah. I
0: spent quite a few, like leading up to Christmas. Like I spent quite a few holiday seasons, like, uh, you know, like if I wasn't going out of town or something, just in that place. Because it had a very, like this place, a very living room-esque type vibe to it. Where you can come, you can sit down, you can relax. Everybody knew each other. Mm-hmm. I think the
2: funniest thing I heard about Dan McGinnis when it was open, there was a, a place right, uh, right on one of the corners of the bar that if you stood there, you could actually hear, uh, if you're in the restroom, you could hear everything that's said in that one place for whatever reason like the way the architecture was and like mm-hmm. the curvatures would actually like sound bounce everything that spoke right there into the restroom huh. so like i always heard stories about like they'd be standing there someone would go to the bathroom and someone would start talking shit you know and be like <laughs> oh fuck that guy!" Duh, duh, duh. Yeah, yeah and they're in the bathroom they hear everything and they come back out but like you know just, just into fuck, like, into a fight you know yeah, yeah. and it's 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 funny because that's like it's <laughs> it's a hilarious concept but having a place in a bar where you know, I, like, you take a girl on a date and be like, hey, stand right here. I am going to go to their bathroom real quick. And, like, he, he could eavesdrop, essentially, like, on uh, <laughs> uh, what's going on. Uh, I always He's
0: that okay, was funny, but. Yeah, yeah. She's like, hitting on this other guy next to you or something. Yeah, on. right. The sex so. is good, but he smells, I don't know. Well, you can't. <laughs> uh, I will say this about Dan McGinnis, and this is not a Dan McGinnis podcast, but I will say uh, the one thing that I. That stood out about Dan McGinnis is that smell when you walked in that place, and especially in the bathroom area. And it didn't smell like like piss or anything. It didn't. It wasn't a bathroom smell. It was like an old building smell, mm-hmm. that like an old bar smell, like when it's like just booze Rich and oldness. mahogany. Yeah.
2: yeah. Or something. Yeah. No, it definitely had a very woody, yeah. like kind of musk. So it was nice. So man, let's talk I about a cheers. Feel to it, uh, uh,
0: keep it in the keep it in the bar aspect of it. Let's let's talk about booze. That's what I want to talk about. Let's so, talk about booze. Um. You know, you uh, here in. And, uh, man, I got so many questions, I don't know where to start. I want to, I want, I'm trying to start in order so they all go together, but I got so many questions. There's so many things I want to talk about. Nah, I just uh, rail it off. No worries. So, in a place like this that's a little bit nicer, you make the menu for this place, right? The I drink do. menu?
2: I do the cocktail program.
0: So, uh, the, how do you feel about this? Um, this is the question I've been wanting to ask all week because I love this question. Man, the, this resurgence of... Uh, I, I want to say craft cocktails, but just cocktails in general. It's the old this, time. This like this old timey. Like in the last couple of years, speakeasies have been real big, and you know, blame it on the hipsters if you want, but it has it has made people kind of like cocktails again. I think. Like
2: a re- Well, absolutely, yeah. The, uh, the resur- resurgence of the old school way of making things is very like very much what makes America America as well. I think a lot of it's people. Great have again. T- like, uh, in a way, because we pulled so much information from Europe. You know that when it came over here and then with prohibition it really ruined our identity when it comes to the alcohol industry um you know bourbon whiskeys as a whole has really gained us foothold of our own unique style Mm -hmm. of stuff that we're doing and we're definitely not stopping there like everyone the gin movements coming through with the new age gin oh everyone's doing really cool stuff with uh you know a lot of different spirits which is amazing because you know for the longest time you know you couldn't get a ton of stuff or certain things that died off. And they, you read these old school cocktail books and you love the idea of these flavor profiles and like, they don't even make the booze anymore. So I think the resurgence like of old the school, mixers or like, yeah, like liqueurs. different liqueurs and Amaro's different stuff like yeah. that. You know, it, it was really difficult to read through some of these books and you're like, I like that sound of that cocktail and can came and find the alcohol for it. Hmm. So the fact that America's really getting its foothold back in the alcohol industry is amazing. Um, for anybody who's in the alcohol industry. You know people are starting to up their ante and really understanding that you know it's not about the ounce and a quarter in a pint glass with like seven ounces of juice you know like that's yeah. that's over it's yeah. it's nothing no one wants that anymore and it's awesome because I, I my first job was Applebee's of all places but it actually had a really good bar and a um, little, like, tight-knit, horseshoe-style wooden bar. Everything was oh. a hand-reach.
1: I don't give a damn. I love me some Applebee's. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ours
2: in Hermitage uh, uh, caught fire, so they closed it uh, down.
1: There's, like, one left.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. So
0: Right by our house in a, on Thompson? There's yep. that one over there on Thompson? We'll,
2: we'll have to go get some Applebee's, man. Uh, they, uh, they got some killer deals. I don't know about those, like, what was it, like, a the dollar zombies they do like they're doing zombie they do dollar drinks zombies drinks for halloween right i can't now. imagine what's all it now it's some
1: blue drink trust me i know i've been there they, uh, they had really cheap long
2: islands for a while but they yeah. like skipped like uh <laughs> all the, all the yeah. liquors i think they just put rum and vodka in it yeah and, and like you know, and it a long that's a
0: probably a cliche thing to talk about especially since you're in the industry but man i look so you know remember going to gas stations and getting coffee like in the 90s and then Starbucks came out, and all of a sudden, gas stations became, like, super into their coffee and, like, offering a bunch of new options. Mm-hmm. Starbucks, love it or hate it, they made everybody else step their game up. They made McDonald's step their game yeah. up. That so was. the same kind of thing I'm seeing, like, I, I imagine with, with cocktails now, like, you used to be able to go to, like, a bar downtown or something like that, and they would just make you a margarita with a mix or a Long Island mix or something. But now people are having a—now everybody's— taste profiles are kind of like trickling down and they're like no i don't want i, I, I don't want that sugary crap anymore i want like a nice
2: especially with the health conscious uh, scenario that's opened up where everyone's uh you know all about working out and everything like that yeah, yeah. it funnels over into the liquor world as well like freshly juiced that's everything true. and mm-hmm. you know just very very health conscious of what you're up to um it has an effect on it as well like those mixers and those old school kind of stuff like that yeah like i said it's too sugary and biscuits you know our palates are immensely different than it used to be. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Matt, how do you feel it, about... Uh, I'm sorry if I'm hogging the interview here.
1: I don't want to step too far away from that prohibition. Can well, I go ahead and ask that yeah, really yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah, The
0: yeah. reason why I ask is
1: because I know prohibition is sort of... Isn't that... That's the birth of the modern cocktail, American cocktail, right? I mean, isn't it because booze was so tampered with at the time or something? You know, people were taking... Like, booze by itself, just the liquor was terrible. And these guys learn how to make these cocktails to make it better. Is that true? I mean, I, I, don't I would imagine you've done some research on that. but
2: Well, the funny thing about Prohibition is that, like, you know, we're now known for whiskey. But back then, whiskey was extremely tainted as, like, you know, granted, at the end of the day, alcohol is poison. So sure, yeah. it is what it is. But this is literally, like, you know, really hurting people. So people started drinking a whole lot more rum and tequila and stuff like that, you know, because it was safer. Because they were importing it from, you know, down south and bringing it in. So the, like, the foundation of what we're even up to is kind of odd because, like, we're known for whiskey in America, but back then, like, no one was even drinking it. Yeah. You know, and drinking a lot more rum. We've talked <laughs>
0: about this. Uh, now, obviously, the Caribbean birthplace of rum, but it's also a very American cocktail, or, or spirit, rather, when you think of, um, like, we talked about the, how, uh, like, that book, I mean, both of us were reading Tiki books. Yep. That, that, and, uh, you know, how they, the one that I was reading was talking about how, um how how rum influenced the birth of the of the new world when uh, as a, as a like our made trade with uh, you know the caribbean islands and then people in the uh, new england started creating rum in new england like medford rum and stuff like that to try and you know keep up for the demand locally so it was like the poor man's drink and then it had this giant resurgence or mm-hmm. the, or the, the or this giant pop when uh, like the tiki stuff came around and stuff like that and well, yeah,
2: even, even with the uh you know the war with everybody being based out of like hawaii and stuff mm-hmm. you know very island-esque you know and, like these these uh gentlemen would come back to the states uh from hawaii and a lot of like asian influence and they wouldn't be able to have tiki cocktails yeah you know so, so, so or something. tiki like used that. to be because like they're so glorified with like and embellished with all these like expensive like garnishes and things of that nature mm-hmm. like tiki used to be like you know the expensive cocktail
1: and that was the thing back in the 50s and 60s yeah post-war yeah there were like all kinds of tiki lounges
0: and oh like, yeah yeah was my plays. favorite time, it blew my dude. mind yeah i think i'd mm-hmm. like if i had to pick a time period and like i think i would want to be a 50s expat like after the war just stay out there just but man like even with the tiki drinks as um ingredients as far like you, take, you were saying earlier about trying to emulate old style cocktails um a lot it's even with even making a cocktail from fresh ingredients the actual ingredients list changes that like it has evolved and we've changed the way over time like uh like take the mai tai for instance it's like people think of it as a pineapple drink but if you get like the old school trader Vic's mai tai it doesn't have any pineapple in it at all Mm -hmm. it's so um is that a is that a thing like traditional versus new age or or
2: in a way from what i've experienced the the corporate restaurants they they really did a number on education of what a drink really is, um, especially with the ounce and a quarter movement and that kind of stuff. It's uh, There's a lot of misconceptions on what these drinks really were or used to be or now and all that. So, like, the biggest thing to do is just do a hell of a lot of research. You know? But at the end of the day, like, you change one ingredient in a cocktail all of a sudden it's a brand-new cocktail when it's, like, essentially the same. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a rabbit hole that... It sucks, but it's also really cool because there's, it's limitless.
0: So, man, uh, everybody kind of can buy. It's, it's kind of like a, a confirmation bias, whatever your favorite is. Like, if you're obviously wearing a bourbon town here in Nashville, um, that's never going to go away. I mean, every bar has, like, again, with the whole Starbucks, everybody making step their game up. Like, every bar in Nashville now has a... Uh, a myriad of, of um, uh, bourbon choices like that you couldn't find earlier, but now you're seeing that with more and more stuff. You you mentioned gin earlier. Uh, rum is, is coming back again with the summertime drinks and everything. Like even you guys have some had some rum drinks on your menu. Right, right. Uh, so, what do you? Is there one particular thing that you're into that you see making a comeback or that you're excited about making?
2: I th- I think rum as a whole is coming back. You know, it's it, it's one of those things where I was I was kind of concerned about it because rum has the ability to add. Flavors and color and that kind of thing. So I was really wondering if America would kind of judge it because of that, because bourbon and whiskey is so pure about rules.
0: Do you find that rum in general as a spirit is, uh, um, because there's so many varieties of it? Like I notice, and maybe I'm, maybe it's just because rum is the the one that I'm more of a connoisseur of. I can drink a lot of bourbons and I, they all have a bourbon flavor to them to me. And if, I guess if you make a cocktail out of bourbon, it's going to be a bourbon cocktail. and on my palate anyway. Uh, well, rum, depending on what kind of rum you get, can actually change the flavor of the drink.
2: Yeah, that's why they, uh, they're mixing. So, like, in these cocktails, you know, sometimes you see, like, three different rums, whether, like, you know, you know, Jamaican rum mixed with, like, you know, Dominican, you know, and then you have some old-school Cuban stuff, like, that influences completely different. Mm. So it, it's really cool that rum has such diversity that you can mix multiple together to get the flavor profile yeah. you really want, and I think that's what makes rum very, very special and people should really experiment more with it a lot of people do but me it's almost like when we're like going through the the motions of growing up in the bar world you know it's always a bourbon cocktail a gin cocktail very singular and then you use your mixers or your amaros to influence it you know people weren't in a habitual nature of mixing multiple prime alcohols together to create a flavor and i think that's researched immensely which is awesome so was
1: it sacrilegious to use two different types of whiskeys in a drink?
2: Absolutely not. I, I remember I went to uh, Kane Prime, uh, mm-hmm. met one of the, uh, the GMs over there, and he invited me over to you know check it out and just have a chat, and they made me a ridiculous old-fashioned. Uh, they mixed uh, Lock, Stock, and Barrel 16-year-old with uh, Whistlepig Old World, which is a finish in three different wine casks. And uh, there was one other. It's, it's hard to remember. I believe they did a Trinity Bitters. Uh, the, the patient uh orange and angostura and it was freaking phenomenal
0: now you guys have an award-winning old-fashioned here right or
2: i like to think it took me about <laughs> four years to to really fine-tune that recipe uh before we opened i had six recipes of different rye bourbons stuff like that and we settled on this uh specific mm-hmm. one that we carry now and um the biggest difference between the one i picked and the ones of everything else is that they all deliver different, like there's some that are really, really smooth, there's some that are really, really bourbon-forward, one that has like a mild spice because of the rye. Um, We discovered that mixing with 100-proof liquor tends to give off a more full experience when it comes to the cocktail, and I think a lot of people, they still stick to the cheaper opposed to splurging a little bit more Mm -hmm. to just get that extra quality basis. Yeah. But, yeah, the Old Fashioned is like 60% of our cocktail sales, you know? Man, I tell you what, though. Is it, pe- it
0: really?
1: That's it's amazing. insanely big, That's a, yeah. People love the well, Old Fashioned. It, I think,
0: also, it's a easy cocktail for all the like all around. Like, if, you, if, if you're if you a bourbon drinker, you can drink it, and you're not going to be thrown off by it. You know, it comes in a rocks glass, so you're not. You, you know, say it's
2: easy, it's, man, but uh, I hear it daily where people come in. We, we serve them our Old Fashioned, and they just sit there and just look at you, and you're like, thank you. Because they've had so many bad ones in the past. Oh sure, sure, sure. So they try to make them at it home. It like hurts just, your yeah. heart a bit. Like uh, I don't really even know why it's even a conversation anymore. Like with so much information flying around, yeah. that. But you know, alcohol is limitless. You know, everyone can do everything, and everyone's different. So. I guess
0: what I meant was the popularity of that particular cocktail has made it so that every that's like a lot of people's go-to now. When you if you are looking at a menu and you don't know a lot of the stuff on there, you're like, I'll just do the old fashioned. It, right. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, it's a catch all. For whatever reason, when I was a kid, I say that I'm like when I was 21, but uh, I would do Amaro sours because it, it was a catch-all Amaro sours in Long Island. So I have no idea why. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that was the case, but that was like my go-to. Yeah. And also,
0: I'll tell you one thing that I went I to a big Long Island
1: phase.
2: Yeah. And it's it I think
0: I, I, I feel like a lot of people yeah. they have that they have yeah. that
2: moment. Yeah. And they realize it's a pain in the ass to make, and you're asking, yeah. you know, uh, this it's like a resurgence of not classic, old-fashioned, super quick and easy if you know mm-hmm. how to do it. You know, Long Island. You're adding like a crap ton of ingredients. Like I think it's like a, you know.
0: Well, you know, I wasn't gonna go into too much basic bar stuff here because we all know the cliches. But, um, you come into a bar, you you know, you go up to order a drink. Uh, Now, in a place like, if I was going downtown and the place was three deep, obviously I'm gonna order something easy. But you you come into a place like this and you guys are like you guys are all. Not only do you make great cocktails, but you all the place is nice. You guys are all dressed nice. You play the part. You all know what you're doing. Uh, you, I kind of I feel like part of the fun of it is watching you guys make the crate the cocktail right in front of me
2: yeah d- uh, definitely anyone, anyone listening to so this if you guys come in don't be deterred to order you know a, a classic cocktail or, or anything for that matter because you know we pride ourselves on that image and that ability to crank out quality cocktails as fast as we possibly can but anyone who's ordering these solid drinks, they understand there there is a notion of time it takes to make a good cocktail. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're not—we're ne- definitely not scared to go above and beyond. You Jack
1: and Coke drinkers, don't be scared to come in. Yeah, right? yeah, don't be scared of they're Jack and Coke either. You know what I
2: mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> dude,
0: there is nothing wrong. I was doing the Halloween night. I was drinking uh, Myers and, and Diet Coke because I just—nothing wrong with a little rum and Coke once.
2: In a oh, long. absolutely, no, dude. Jam- Jameson and Coke is my. Uh, any- anyone who uh, knows me, I'm a big fan of not hindering bartenders. So like when I go to places, I o- I always order like the same drink depending on where I am. So, like, I'll have, like, a, a selected drink if I ever go to, like, 308. Always an old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. You know, they see us there. They're like, oh, you guys want old-fashioned. So, they don't have to ask us. They just make them. Mm-hmm. You know, which is awesome because they can be five deep. They see my head little bopping around. They're like, oh, he's going to get an old-fashioned. I don't have to worry about him. Yeah. You know, if I go to Bar Sovereign, you know, Jameson and Coke every time. You mm-hmm. don't have to speak. It just shows up. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm a big fan just personally of that type of uh, bartender understanding that. Mm-hmm. But on top of it, there's a time and a place to like mix it up and that kind of thing. So.
1: Sure.
0: So man, let me ask you yes. this. I'm sorry. You? Just say,
1: Gabby, what'd you get? The mojito. Ooh. The mojito. That looks amazing.
0: <laughs> so man, we're talking
1: you, cocktails. I figured I'd ask you.
0: So when well, you're, you're looking at, um, you know, you're making your your menu is made up of like some classic stuff, but you also do a lot of your own stuff. You know, we've done some pop ups here. I've had I've had some of your own personal creations. When you're sitting down and you're coming up with a new cocktail. Like what? And I've, I've, I've seen you before behind the bar, like messing with stuff, concocting potions and trying to come up with something new. It's like, so do you have a starting point for no matter what it is, or do you start with a spirit or like what, how do you?
2: Man, it, it really varies. Like sometimes you, you take a classic and you, you kind of build a staircase off of it. Um, sometimes you just get this weird influence. They're like, wow, that'd be great together. Uh, like we did, we had a cocktail. It was a, kind of like a sweet heat mango tequila style cocktail. And I was like, man, it, just needs, it needs a splash of color. It needs some nose to it. It doesn't have a nose, you know, other than just, like, that mango kind of came through a little too sweet for me. And um, we did a pop-up with Jaeger uh, as a as a backer. And I've always shot Jaeger always i've never ever just sipped um, on yeah jaeger. i've never seen a uh, you know what i mean yeah, no one no one hardly well i don't makes. say want to say no one but most people don't order jaeger to sip on it just mm-hmm. the culture the way it is everyone shoots it and chases a red bull and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so like me i was like you know what i'm not a big fan of jaeger i'm not a big fan of licorice um but let me let me sit down and is really you know dissect this and i realized it has a crazy amount of citrus notes to it like mm-hmm. a lot of orange and you don't get that when you're shooting it. You only mm-hmm. get that when you're really palating it. And uh, this drink, very citrus-forward already with the mango and everything, I was like, you know, I'm going to do a floaty on this. And A floaty? A float of Jager, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A little half-ounce right on top. Yeah, yeah. Gave it some nice color dimension. But also, uh, it, the nose mixed so well with the mango. And then that orange kind of citrus notes, because you're forced to sip on it a little bit, mm-hmm. paired super well. Now what drink and is this? It's not even on the menu. It, it was a, uh, it's a... It's a tequila mezcal-based cocktail. We got a little bit of nacho reyes, chili decor, uh, Hellfire Bitterman's, uh, Habanero Bitters, um, the Mango Puree. Um, you know, so essentially, it's, it's very like, you know, daiquiri rift with tequila. Mm-hmm. Um, very nice refreshing and citrus a little man. bit of smoke to stay in the See,
0: i love all this man because i i i've, I always, one. I've always found this interesting whether it's uh whether it's cigars or um like wine or eat cocktails like i've always loved the idea of like getting into something and like getting like super into it like, my, my personality anyway when i'm into something i get super into it for like a while and then i get burned down on it but i oh, yeah, uh yeah. you do
1: jump oh, <laughs> i do i like that about but you i know.
0: like i like learning as much as i can about flavor profiles and things like that and uh like like it it always impresses me people that are really good at it that can be like oh no this is going to go with this like cooks do that all the time like although i know this i know what this spice tastes like by memory so i know it's going to go good with this other thing here and it's a mixing cocktails like that man it's incredible the kind of stuff that you know like you guys can come up with it's especially when it comes to like all the bitters and the weird stuff that you wouldn't even think of to
2: yeah, and, and some people are just naturally gifted with the memory of it. You know, me personally, like, you know, I, I have a lot of trial and error in my life where I have to constantly revisit things to really put my brain around it. Oh, yeah, just ask my girlfriend um, about that. I say again?
0: <laughs> I have a lot of trial and error. Just ask my girlfriend about yeah, that. So,
2: like me, I, I may not be as, you know, quick and savvy, but I have been – I didn't realize it, but after we created this cocktail menu, the amount of feedback from everyone about our ability to balance – Mm -hmm. Is probably one of the biggest things that I didn't realize I was fairly good at.
0: And now, okay, like when sometimes you go to a brewery and you can taste that a lot of their beers have like a a scent, like a a flavor of that brewery, like they use a certain kind of hops, something like that. Yeah. I know cigars, a lot of brands will have a certain flavor to it. Now, when you're making a a cocktail menu, obviously you don't, you know, they're not all different spirits, different flavors. But do you find your like do you have a style? Like, okay, this is my. Yeah, <laughs> it's you like, the, you like the at flavor. the
2: end of the day, man. I don't, I don't have a typical thing like you know everyone's got the, like, their ketchup, so to speak. I remember Saint Germain was like, the bartender's ketchup. They just throw Saint Germain on it and it fixes it. Uh, that was going on for a while. Hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily have a go-to scenario where if you try my drink, you'll be like, Jake totally made this. I don't, I don't have anything like that. I try to stay uh, away from uh, that type of consistency. I'd, I'd rather focus on other stuff of like big flavors. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of using very boozy style ingredients to make complex flavors. Um, I guess essentially that would be what my game plan is. Usually mm-hmm. I like using, uh, different liqueurs and Amaro's and different things of like that to create, I don't, I don't necessarily need to create this really funky, like sugar well, infused So for those For those non, uh,
1: mixologists out there, bartenders, what's an Amara?
2: So Amaro, it's a, it's a, an Italian-based it's an Italian based aperitif. Okay. So, or also, like, digestive. So, like, a lot of medicinal purposes to them back in the day. Um, but, yeah, it's an, it's an Italian-based liqueur. Okay. So typically fairly boozy and um, very, very herbaceous, Man, see, typically. I, a lot like of bitterness to I it. I like
0: that. I like to – I mean, obviously, a cocktail, you want to taste all the flavors. But I want to also like know that I'm drinking a drink. I kind of want to have to – I like a cocktail that makes me have to search for the flavor a little bit. Like, I want to I want to actually, like, chew on it in my mouth, like, let it rest <laughs> on my tongue a little bit, kind of take the flavor in, have to look. I, oh, yeah, I 100%, wa- yeah. I want to have to search for it a little bit. But I like to know that I'm drinking a booze, too, and it's kind of like the metaphor I always use or the analogy I always use is uh, when my, my first job was at Taco Bell, and I... You know, the first time you get to make your own food, you're like, oh, I love the double decker taco because uh, it's got all these beans between the shells. So I'm going to load up with beans and cheese and I'm going to make this, like, this, I'll this, put all the stuff I like in there. And then you get it back to the table and you're like, this is gross. It's too much of all this stuff. Like, it's too much beans, too much oh, cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, when you're making a cocktail, like, you can, you know, you put stuff in there that you think you're going to like, but if it's, if you don't have the measurements just right, you can, like, I, I going back to the Mai Tai, I love that little bit of almond syrup that you put that you put in there. And I yeah, love orgeat, that. Orgeat's great. I love that Orgeat flavor. But if you overdo it, it just makes it way too much sweet. And you don't get, you don't really, you don't bump up the Orgeat flavor. You just get all the sweetness from the simple. And it's, it, like it's I don't know, it makes it taste gross. Like, so it's definitely, I envy you guys that have that 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 amount, you know, that, um, what would you call that? The portion of the ingredients just right
2: uh, i guess like flavor precision i i don't, I don't yeah, really know yeah. what to how to really say that yeah it's just the balancing factor uh understanding that if something's too sweet to uh you know to go about it in certain ways you know sometimes it, water can dilute it down to where it's like perfect mm-hmm. and then i have one cocktail that you know it's all liquor literally and but it's a very sweet heat and we had it on a large cube originally and the water muted the spice um, so we, we found out very quickly that it kind of defeated the purpose of that cocktail. So we started, after we stir it down to, I guess, perfection, so to speak, we strain it out into a, uh, a nosing glass and leave it at that. And as it warms, the flavors actually intensify and the spice starts coming out. So the first couple sips sips are like really nice and kind of like mellow muted. And then as it warms, it gets spicier.
0: So how do you, how, how do you drink, uh, like, let's say you were getting a bourbon. Are uh, you, you a straight-up guy or on the rocks?
2: Ooh, I, I'm pretty straight-up. Uh, I, I may add, like, a tiny cube because, yeah. like, you know, I think was it was 86 proof is, like, the perfect uh, proof to to drink anything at. Um, but at the same time, I, I do like to know it's working. Um, Heaven's Door, which is a distillery moving in across the street from us, they have a bourbon that... Uh, it has like that perfect amount of heat where i can feel it in my chest like Mm -hmm. you drink it and Mm -hmm. warms you it's not aggressive it's not it's not insulting as i say when you're saying
1: heat are you talking about like the kick the kick essentially yeah yeah the proof
2: of it it's it's a bit higher so you just feel this warming sensation that gives you and i grew up in north indiana and uh i didn't drink up in north indiana but it's cold as hell and uh it's kind of contradicting with hell but Mm -hmm. it was was really cold up there. there and uh when I moved down here, every time I drink a bourbon that warms my chest, all it all makes me think of is like winter in Indiana yeah. and how I wish I drank in Indiana now. Yeah, <laughs> <'Cause> yeah. <laughs> You know, always hear like, like a, a, little, a good whiskey will uh, take you through the seasons,
1: you know? Yeah, man, because
0: I like my bourbon or my scotch with like one ice cube just to kind of, or even just a dash of water in it or something just to kind of bring that out. I find that, and uh, you know, you, you go, everybody went through that, at least I think in our age group, everybody went through that in that neat phase and it's, i 've come to realize that man it's, they're so flavor profiles are so subjective that you just like what you like, man, and I know I want to taste a little bit more of the flavor in the booze so i I like to add like just maybe just one ice cube just so i can
2: yeah, yeah. i don't i don't get offended I think the most insulting thing anyone 's <coughs> ever done to me at a bar as far as how they treated their alcohol uh they got a uh, balvini thirty year old and uh they uh drank it didn 't like it, and they splashed coke on top of it mm. I think that 's probably the most like mm hesitant i ever was to add something to this alcohol mm. he, he tried it and he's like ah oh, whatever throw some coke on top of it i don't like it and like i literally paused and i was like huh i thought it was like joking at first and then he's like no yeah throw some coke on it and i'm just like all right man however you want to do it do it but yeah. it it, it, rain, it obviously i'm talking about it now it's in my memory bank it's uh that well, was that's a really a, sad moment
1: that's a, a hell of a drink though he just ruined oh yeah world. i
2: drank that when i was 29 i i got someone uh when we first opened i was 20 i was still uh, under 30 i was 29 and um a gentleman came in right in the first probably month that we were opened and was trying to show his son a great time and we were closing down in like 10 minutes and uh he was like well if i buy a box of cigars will you guys stay open i was gonna stay open anyway but mm-hmm. i was like yeah man if you want to buy a box of cigars go for it so he <laughs> bought a box of cigars and then he's like what's your most expensive scotch and I was like, "Oh, we got the the Valvini third year old," and he's like, "Get uh, get three for us, and then two for your worker and yourself." And I'm like, "All right, yeah some That's some company uh, card shit, right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, I'm not a big fan of allowing this to go down that that expensive mm-hmm. of alcohol, but like to be honest, I really, really, really wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. That was like one of the two alcohols I hadn't tried in the bar yet. Uh, the the uh, Louis 13, Cognac, and then that one are the only two I haven't tried. When I was 29, I was getting ready to turn 30. So I was like, you know what? I'm totally going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I asked him, like, probably three times. I was like, you sure, man? Like, uh, it's like a 100 bucks a shot. So I was like, you sure? Like, you want to go about this? And he's like, yeah, yeah, man. I just appreciate you guys staying over for me, you know, and everything. So we, we sat down. must have down. been loaded. <laughs> must have been, shot, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, but I was like, I want to drink this before I turn 30 because that's, like, you know, older than me. Mm-hmm. So it, it was killer, though, man. Fantastic scotch and uh we ended up switching the speaker over to some pink floyd hanging out with them at their request and we ended up being here till like three in the morning just hanging out and nice having a great time and he's smoking the best stuff drinking the best stuff and nice. it was a very fantastic hang so nice
0: cool, that is man. nice i've been lucky enough in my life to find myself um uh to have uh good friends and also i've somehow <laughs> met ma- i've somehow managed to weasel my way into situations that where i'm like uh, people, the people i'm around are like way uh uh socio socio economically further along in life than i am so like even when, like even when i was younger like when i was into my teens i would like i would hang out with these guys that would were always had like the like always had money for guys for lack of a better term and so it was always like i found myself in situations where i was always ended up with like a good smoke or a good glass of scotch that i didn't deserve and i was like how do I how did I get myself
2: here? Oh man, you better off than me. I grew up in a little punk rock world, you know, and we glorified poor. It's uh, <laughs> we didn't worry about it, you know. What you're i You're mean? proud oh, of your PBR, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, dude. I lived in my car for three months, you know. It's just like whatever, <laughs> like any, anything is great. Like a Wendy's chicken sandwich was a blessing, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I, uh, I uh, until this job, this the cigar industry has really shown me the generosity of humans. Um, they'll walk in, they don't know you. You don't know them. They're from Florida or Boston or something. They got a little travel humidor. And like, you're just sitting there chatting with them for about two minutes, get them a drink, and they're like, hey, how do you feel about, you know, uh, like back when we first opened, um, like there was one cigar I never had, but I kept hearing one talk about it. It was was Arturo Fuente Sharks. So, like, they're an a series that's uh, based off the Opus X uh, with a different rapper. He was like, you ever had a Shark before? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about because I got hired for alcohol, not cigars. So... He gave me one. I smoked it, and I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. And kind of like, you know, like you said, you, you're, all of a sudden you're in this world, like, I don't deserve this. This is like, yeah. you know, it's not a crazy expensive cigar. You're looking I'll, at, like, actually, $18. Bucks, I
0: want to put a pin in that and come back to it, the whole being hired for alcohol and not cigar thing. But um, on that same vein, though, we talked about, you know, your personal crafting cocktails. How do you put – what goes into putting a menu together? When you're when you're making your drink menu, because that's always fascinating me too. Like, do you go by um, – uh, a like, theme is always nice. Yeah, like so. I I notice like some you don't of your,
2: always get one, but a theme is nice.
0: Yeah. So I mean, how does that go about? Do you like okay? The, you have to actually obviously, obviously play to the the place. You know the, the you know the clientele that are going to be coming in. So you want you know in, in a place like this, you're going to want uh, you know your, some of your classics on there. like Your Manhattan and your oh for old, sure old for sure. So
2: there. the first menu actually uh, I was very proud of. Um, but I I've been smoking cigars probably for about eight nine years now. I didn't take cigars in a massive consideration with the opening menu, and we noticed that very, very quickly. So the first menu was very diverse, uh, options across the board, you know, we're throwing some egg whites in there, and some like, you know, just kind of funky stuff, and of course you know, being one, like my menu, I wanted to be really proud of it, and I realized very quickly, uh, my taste profiles do not match a lot of the people that come through here. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of these guys are older, they're very stuck in their ways, they're very much like this is all I drank and the only, I will, I will not budge from it. And if you tamper with it in the wrong way, I will not order it. Mm-hmm. And so we got a lot of that feedback pretty quickly. So I ended up, you know, changing the menu fast. And it really, really, it was kind of hit to hit to the ego a little bit cause you really want it to be crusher. And everyone just tell you like, oh, I love your menu. But no, it didn't happen that way. So mm-hmm. I quickly changed the menu up and went a lot more brown, uh, excuse me, went a lot more brown. And uh, you know, rums, uh, tequilas, and whiskeys tend to do the best. Um, do you,
0: like you said, you went with a the theme. So what, what would you say the theme of this menu is?
2: Uh, this, this new menu I'm getting ready to put out does not necessarily have a theme as much of... Uh, it's a very cigar conscien- like conscientious scenario. So when I was making these drinks, I was making drinks that I felt would pair well with cigars. Mm-hmm. So I guess the theme would be very like cigar orientative. Okay. Um, the flavors... I, used, I was just trying to think, like, what would go really good with a Dominican cigar? What would go really good with a Nicaraguan? Um, you know, kind of start generic and then build off of that. So we, and you can't get too intense. You can't get so specific to where, you know, all right, a, uh, you know, a My Father, a Florida Las Antillas, Maduro, is what you should smoke with this cigar. Mm-hmm. There's people out there who definitely will do that and it may work better at their location. But with us, we have so many traveling business guys that I found being that specific was very, um, you know, disheartening to do to how many people we have from all over the United States. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone drinks different, everyone smokes different. And you can see that with the travelers, like people in Boston do not drink the same way that people in Florida do, you know, vice versa, the California or Mm -hmm. New Orleans. And, you know, so you kind of have to be careful not to make the everything really tunnel visioned. Uh, definitely have some moving room, and definitely have uh, some a lot of gray area, um, because if you don't, you end up having a menu that's so specific that unless you have people from that region that enjoy that kind of stuff, no one drinks it but them. Well, yeah. it's like
0: even like with with the cigar thing. It's uh, you know this is a cigar lounge, and you guys are a bar, so people that are probably smoking a more of your evening full full flavored cigars. you am sure you got to pair with that, as, as opposed to like. Uh, you know, maybe if you were going to a cafe and you were smoking a cigar in the morning with your coffee, you'd probably want a lighter cigar that was a little not as overbearing. So, well, yeah, if, if you're drinking a cigar with booze, I feel like yeah, you you can go for something. Like I know at night, like if I'm drinking, if I'm smoking during the day, I usually pick a Connecticut wrapper or something like that as opposed to the like I like Maduro's at night. Mm-hmm. It's just that, uh, and if I'm drinking a like a sweet drink or something, I want a certain type of cigar with that.
1: I've never had a cigar with coffee actually. That- Oh, that's treated. a it's a great pairing, dude. <laughs> if you have a,
2: if you like coffee, definitely coffee. smoke cigars with coffee. Mm. They they line up very very well.
1: Nice. I can see the cream like the richness of the coffee. Being rich. Yeah, the roastiness mm-hmm. of it. Like you know, especially like if you are kind of like a person that adds cream to it,
2: you know, like getting like a really creamy Connecticut will just mm-hmm. pair really well with that. You know, if you like like so really good. like you know ambitious coffee, you could smoke a Nicaraguan that can like add, kind of
0: add in that like spice flavor profiles. So, man, you talked about not being hired for cigars, uh, but but, but uh, you have been smoking for a while. That had to have come. Did you have to learn more about the cigar pairing when you? Oh, had, for
2: sure. Yeah. It, it was kind of. It was. Uh, it was one of those things. that was very intimidating at first because I knew that cigars are very much a rabbit hole. I've never walked down before. Um, but luckily, with my alcohol background, I was able to categorize everything very similar. I kind of went after cigars as if I would go after booze, like vodka and gin are my connecticuts. You know, and as you if you if you work up in profile, I like kind of like connected mentally um, alcohol to the cigar itself mm-hmm. without realizing it. I was matching body to body essentially, and that's the quickest way to pair a cigar to an alcohol is sort out the body of the cigar to the drink. And typically, you won't steer yourself too wrong.
0: Yeah, because I mean, it is very easy to because the first thing everybody thinks of if they're not a, a connoisseur. Like you know, like the bachelor party guys will come in and be like, oh, we want to get some uh, bourbon and cigars, or brandy and cigars, mm-hmm. or something. And a lot of times, if you don't pair it right, you're gonna end up not having a good experience because you're just, you're just like you're not, you're canceling flavors out. A lot of times, if you don't do it right, you know, if you drink a really, if you have a really hot whiskey with your cigar, you're gonna cancel out the flavor of the tobacco. Some yeah, people with,
2: don't care. You you really yeah. got to feel out your customer and really feel what their uh, what their priorities are. You know, when people are like, I want to pair this with something, I'm like, all well, right, we'll talk to me. You know do you smoke often? They're like, no. I'm like, all right. So typically people that don't smoke a lot it, it's really hard to dissect the flavors of a cigar. Just smoke, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. You know, I'm like, all right, obviously you're more of a boozy characteristic individual. So I'll focus a lot more on the alcohol than I would like the cigar. Cause a lot of times people, people want what they can't have. They want to be able to pair it really perfectly, mm-hmm. but they honestly don't have the first fundamental idea of how that even is even going to exist. You know which sucks you know i mean but that's that's the staircase everyone walks down to you know no one's born with a perfect palette well Mm -hmm. i'm I'm sure there may be someone out there is but you know me i really had to work at it i had to try and trial and test and mix and match and you know just really try everything against it and form an opinion of what i thought worked with what Mm -hmm. well
0: actually that's true too going against it like you don't know what's not good if you don't get disgusted a couple of times like it oh yeah yeah. um, you gotta have
2: a weird face every now and then
0: i learned um that i like uh certain brandies like or rums is kind of why i like smoking uh, a cigar with rum because it's a they for me for my personal palate they bring out the flavor of the tobacco in the cigar a lot more than a bourbon would or something like that i'll I'll drink bourbon if i'm not smoking but Mm -hmm. if i'm smoking i definitely will stick with something that like a, a good brandy will bring out the flavor of that tobacco for me.
1: I remember having that conversation with Darren from Principal Cigars, and he recommended beer with the he's cigar. a big He's a big stout drinker. Yeah, he says that, you know, as far as the, uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're more of a primary cigar smoker, if you really want, you know, if you're a cigar guy, beer's good because it doesn't subtract away too much from the, uh, I guess, the flavor of the, of the cigar. Oh, absolutely. Know, yeah,
2: if Darren, if Darren walked in and I didn't know the guy, and we were sitting there like chatting, just like and he told me. it's like, I care about the cigar eighty percent, twenty percent the alcohol. I'm not a big drinker. I'm like, all right, then, like stouts, you know, especially like stuff that's influenced like coffee, milk, you know, oatmeal, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Those flavor profiles will definitely pair well with cigars, and he's very aware of that. So, guys like him, you right huh? don't want to. I am drinking the stout right now. Yeah. What
1: What do you have on tap? Your stout. Say that again. What is your your stout on tap?
2: Uh, It's a wiseacre, got to get up to get down, coffee milk stout. Mm. Uh, It's medium bodied, so it definitely spans a large spectrum of cigars. Mm -hmm. Um, But the really kind of like roasty um, flavor compound to it, along with that creaminess from the lactose, and there's like a smidge of bitterness in there, that it it pairs really well with a lot of smokes. Even if something's a little bit like on the heavier side, like if you get like really bold, uh, like Nicaraguan, it still has enough body to keep up, but... Not at the same time. You can You can smoke a Connecticut with it because of the lactose. Yeah. You know, it has that creamy body mm-hmm. that it pairs in certain ways.
0: Hmm. The uh, let's talk about primings a little bit, man. So uh, obviously, this is this, this kind of has it, it. It has the gamut here of like the perfect ambiance for me and for my personal style, anyway. Because that's why I like coming here. Is uh, if you want to, you walk in. It's a nice place. You don't have to, You can. You can dress up and come here. But also it's got a cool kind of chill vibe to it. Like you can sit at the bar and talk or you can sit at a table with your friends. It's a it's
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was that was kind of the goal from the get go. We're we're trying to I guess to find who we were and Chase had a very good image in his head, the owner of uh he wanted a very comfortable, old school style lounge where we did these pods, which essentially you can sit by yourself and stay to yourself, mm-hmm. or if you just scoot the chairs a couple inches in unison together, you're now part of a unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that kind of had something to do with how we set the place up, and um, you know Chase really nailed it on the head with his image of uh, how he wanted it to be. And uh, but yeah, it's it's camaraderie and individual based, which is kind of hard to achieve in a lot of spaces. Yeah,
0: it's the perfect kind of amalgamation of both because. Like I said earlier, sometimes I'll come and I'll sit sometimes I'll do both in one night. I'll go play in my laptop for a little while and then when I feel talkative I'll go sit at the bar for a little while. Mm-hmm. And
2: Yeah, the key is don't have a ton of tables. When they're all chairs you kinda of forced to you know, utilize one another. You know, yeah. Sitting at a table kinda of without realizing isolate to you kinda of like restaurants, you know, where you said this one table, there's like fifty tables in the room, you're at that table, you're not turning around talking to the table behind you. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? So with us definitely having the, the comfortable chairs and loungy atmosphere, not a lot of tables, just enough to keep drinks and everything obtained and not spilt uh, kind of was something that we uh, looked at.
0: Well, And also uh, what I love about this place too is uh, you guys didn't just, you're not you are not a cigar bar, you're not a cigar shop that has a bar and you're not a bar that has a cigar room. You like put a lot of effort into making sure that your bar is top notch and your humidor is top notch. And I, re- I, re- I remember talking to uh, Chase about that when I first met him. About man that's I appreciate that because sometimes you go to a bar that's a cigar lounge as well and you realize that okay they put all their effort into making top-notch cocktails but the selection's not great in the in the you know or maybe they don't quite keep the humidor right and it's it's is it, you guys have a nice balance
2: Yeah we had a we had a good yin and yang moment him and I when we first met him and I grew up 100% differently we have different aspirations in life and everything but we happen to get together like get along really well you know, he drank Jack Daniels, and that was it. You know, he's a homegrown Nashville boy who just, that's all he drank was that's Jack. my boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and me, yeah, I, right. I came from such a, like, a heavily diverse background uh, when it came to alcohol that, you know, he was 100% involved in the cigars. I was 100% involved in the alcohol. Yeah. You know, and when he didn't step on my toes, I didn't step on his. Like, I, I remember when we first opened, I, I would come up to him and be like, hey, man, how do you feel about this? You know, how do you feel about this drink? Or how do you feel about carrying these? And he was like that's what i hired you for i don't know and he like walks <laughs> off yeah. and i'm like i've never had a boss who was just like that like nonchalant like 100 percent trust and we yeah, didn't yeah, even know yeah. each other yeah. you know I mean, he just was like that's what that's why i pay you for it go figure it out you know and it was really cool even though i just wanted an opinion mm-hmm. you know what i mean i was like dude just tell me an answer like what do you think you know it was what it was so uh, we definitely didn't tread on one another. and it, it, Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. In this case, it definitely worked. Nice. Chase put his blood and soul into the uh, humidor in the lounge. I put my, my blood and soul into the bar. I wanted a bar that was better than every single cigar lounge in the city. Yeah. And that's what I felt like would separate us in a way, especially being so close to downtown. Mm-hmm. You know, Really putting the love and tender care into that and uh people recognize and i hope that's something that we uh you know successfully did and that's what we're known for
0: yeah and it's uh it's it's nice having like the local flair too too you guys are you guys are in a part of town right here where you get the local traffic and the downtown kind of visitor traffic <laughs> by the uh being by the convention center and everything and using um you know principles in here you guys support the local stuff you got question tequila mayday brewery like all the local breweries and stuff so mm-hmm. i appreciate the localness of it because yeah, we're, we're working
2: w- on doing some bell meat stuff as well nice so that that's another uh, company that's local that's doing killer stuff right now mm-hmm.
0: so and I, I know that you like to mess with ingredients uh and i, I guess did, i guess maybe the, does every i've only ever really come to a couple of places where i've Actually, watch the bartender behind the bar mess with stuff. Like I've sat here and watched you do stuff, um, and I I know what the pop up. You did a couple of drinks, and I've seen you mess with it's like putting charcoal and some other stuff in there. Do uh, is that a popular thing or just something that you're into? Like messing around with weird ingredients?
2: Uh, anyone who's in charge of a, a bar program, they they tinker in their own ways. You know, sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. You know, some of the some of the way these bars are, they have like workshops that they can. You know that's where they work on everything they don't do it in the public eye then but with us like uh we're we're pretty chill you know what i mean like uh i actually do enjoy having the customers involved because you get a very large spectrum of opinion and uh everyone's different everyone's flavors are different
1: i've noticed i've, I've sat at the bar and i'm i'm pretty sure i've i've, rec- I've seen a time or two where a patron would ask you would ask a patron hey what do you think about this or something like you know yeah absolutely I've, I've seen you guys do that before so. we're not
2: we're not the smartest people in the world you know what i mean <laughs> so you, you have to me I, I love camaraderie i love bringing people into the fold and uh i, I love people who give me criticism that's realistic you know like i could sit there and come up with a hundred cocktails that i personally jam on you know what i mean but it doesn't mean anyone else gives a shit. yeah you know and, that, and that's really to me especially in this day and age uh, it's very important to remember you're, n- you're not God behind the bar. At the end of the day, people have to buy your drinks and they have to like them. Mm-hmm. You know, some people get lucky and they have a flavor profile in their habitual nature of creating cocktails that are just constant hits. You know what I mean? I, you know, I don't believe in that myself. I believe that I should have as much influence and opinion from everyone. And just really to achieve a proper menu, having as many hands in the pot as possible to get the really big picture of what's good and what's not because some people they, they like i had i had one guy i was making a drink i was just getting frustrated because i love the uh the components and um I, just, I was like it's missing something it's missing i couldn't put my finger on it you know and this this one guy was like add an egg to it you know it is was he wasn't even involved in the conversation he was just eavesdropping a little bit and he was like dude throw an egg white on it i didn't know who this guy was and next thing i know he's like a, a head bartender at this bar i love going to and it's like all right, very much respect, my man. I, I you know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Nice. I had egg white too, and oh my God, there we go. It's perfect. It was, it was a great drink at that time, you know. And it, it's so I, I, never like to count out my surrounding humans, you know. If I'm working on something, um, I like to share and I like to talk about it. And uh, if they're up for it, I love for them to try it because you, you find some very valuable information from strangers, and no matter what you do, mm-hmm. and uh, I like to keep those doors open. And not stay on the pretentious road of saying like, "Oh, I know
1: exactly what's happening." Strangers tend All to be honest time. too. If you noticed yeah. that? "They'll tell you how it is," oh, it's almost yeah. like a kid. Which is in a way. great. You know, you, know, you need that love you, serious criticism. Sugarcoat you a little bit, <laughs> but you know, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we don't want to keep you too long, man. Chris, do you have any other uh, re- questions related to our guests before we?
1: Um, just, I want to try that cocktail you mentioned earlier. That, oh I'll oh, make it for you. Yeah, That's we should. Yeah, we, yeah, we should have everything for it.
0: If not, well, I just, I just want
1: to try one of your fancy cocktails. Yeah, Tony knows me. I'm just, I'm a very simple drinker, you know, beer and, and whiskey. So what's on so, the, uh. But I, I don't, but I, I'm intrigued to have a, fan, a nice, yeah, 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 I call them fancy cocktails, but that's, oh yeah, that's no just my Southern.
0: It's fancy. <laughs> so, man, so what's on the, uh, for both, well, we'll hit the bar first, man. What's on the horizon for the bar, for the lounge? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, uh, for the lounge, we're, we we're due for a new cocktail release. We did an old school, uh, kind of classic cocktail. I talked to a, a guy I respect very highly and, uh kind of was like talking about just cocktail programs and just getting feedback, and he was like, dude, it, I was you, I'll just make classics, do it freaking well, and just leave it at that. Because no one, everyone's all excited about the new possibilities of the world. They're forgetting what made this, you know, going all the way back to the original question, was like Prohibition Resurgence. Everyone's forgetting what started all to begin with. They're, they're all like, oh, it's that charcoal too? Let's get some butterfly pt flower let's uh you know let me get these like weird like roots from africa and like infuse them into a gin like people are getting like they're running fast with all this Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and uh they're kind of forgetting to do the classic solid so and he was right you know like with a place like ours which is already old school to begin with Mm -hmm. these guys they want their manhattans and they want them perfect they want their old fashioned they want them perfect i
0: think you just nailed it like uh, everybody's running fast everybody's running fast in culture right now like the like, especially in America, like, we're all about, like, you know, we're just, we're flying faster than our brains can keep up with. And we're also flying what our palates can keep up with. Like, uh, there's nothing wrong, especially in a place like this, to come in, light a cigar. They, what's great about a cigar is it's kind of, you're going to light it, and you know that you're, whatever you're doing when you light that cigar, you're going to be sitting there for an hour smoking a cigar and, and just relax. Just relax, man. Order a drink that you like, no matter what it is. Get a cigar you like. Hang out in a comfy chair. You know, talk, don't talk, whatever. Just relax. For and uh, I think oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Sorry, Oof. I'm doing sign language. <laughs> <which> I can't <laughs> snap. My girlfriend's making fun of me.
0: What? You can't snap?
1: Nope. That's as good.
0: That's all right. I can't whistle. So. <whistles> I can do there that, but that's it. So thanks, man, so much for hanging out with us. Thank oh, yeah, you. yeah, no worries out out. at all, my uh, man. Yeah, yeah man, it was, this was a, this was a lot of fun, this, and I I think I hit everything I wanted to ask. So. Uh, I'm sorry if I bogarted the the, uh, the the conversation, man. That's
1: okay. I was telling Tony on the way over. He's like, Dude, "You know me. I don't know much about cocktails." And, you know, I was just like, "I'm gonna let you spearhead
0: this one, brother." <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm gonna sit and learn, you know. <laughs> so let's go ahead and plug um, Priming Cigar Lounge before we yes. get off air here, like a. Uh What's the address, I guess? the um,
2: 701 4th Avenue, South Nashville. Yeah, down
0: here, uh, yeah, South Nashville, down here by Barstow. Yeah, don't, don't
2: go to 701 North. That's Germantown. German town. It'll go on the complete opposite side of the city. Yes. So it has to be South.
1: We are in the south side of the downtown area. We're definitely in the downtown district.
0: And this area is popping too. Yeah, it's so. blowing up.
1: Uh, yeah, hopefully
2: someone listening to this man build a bar over here. Uh, mm-hmm. The more bars in this area, the more likely people actually stay in this area. Yeah. Right yeah. now, there's like us and Sovereign, Sovereign and Listening yeah. Room. I think the only three bars over here. Um, it's coming. You know it's what I mean? It's blowing up. There's breweries of on this side of town too. But yeah, Tennessee Brew over here. So you
1: want yeah, yeah.
0: so you, w- you want to plug anything about yourself, man? You want to? Yeah. Uh, anything going on with you? You want to talk about? It? People can find you on Instagram and stuff. Uh, I know I know you're I know you're plug, you're always putting stuff on your Instagram like new cocktails you're working on and stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, my my Insta I I guess what they call it, a handle. I don't even know the Instagram name. The the Fourth Tales. People
1: say your Insta. My,
2: my my Insta, Insta. My IG. Uh, But yeah, my last name is 4th Forth, F-O-R-T-H. And uh you know, everyone's all about social media, so I figured The Fourth Tales are kind of the tales of my life essentially. Mm. So I'm always posting like a cocktail or a cigar, or just nice. some random the moment. The Fourth Tales, I like it. But so. before,
0: before we get off there, man, thank, thanks so much for letting us for hang yeah, out yeah, here and, and record here and everything. We love this place. Uh, this is our third time recording here, so mm-hmm. hopefully we get to do a bunch more. Um, yeah, man, I can see us holding like some events here and stuff. I, mm-hmm. You guys have a beautiful like lounge, like a um, member's lounge upstairs and everything, too. Mm-hmm. So this place is really a dope-ass spot to come hang out we uh we promote it here on Sherry buzz and i and if you come here usually on a saturday you'll find me sitting at the bar or bring the your airport.
1: girlfriends too i think you'd be surprised how many women come in here and smoke cigars it's more than yeah yeah the, the, the lady like, of the
2: leaf uh essentially yeah. is starting to grow quite quite mm-hmm. heavily it's uh which is fantastic because we go to a lot of major cities like i was just in uh florida and like you go to the shop man there's there's girls hanging out in there mm-hmm. you know what i mean so uh, like my sister lives in miami so when i go visit her it's kind of like heaven you know i was bounce all these shops but yeah. Uh, women are definitely coming back. The most impressive thing about it, a lot of these girls, they're like savages, man. They'll smoke the strongest stuff ever. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, they they're chain smoke three, like, you know, Lajaro Maduros, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I'd be on my ass. Mm-hmm. It. <laughs> so right. it's it's, saying, I've a buzz from
0: the one I'm man, smoking did, did you right you now. To, did you go to Little Havana when you were in Miami? I did. Uh, I, did. Uh, I was just there uh, in, in August, and I went to uh, Guantanamo down there. Dude, I love that spot, dude. And they make their stuff in-house, too, their cigars. It's oh, yeah. It's so cool. Like, yeah. I, didn't,
2: I didn't really know what to expect when I walked in there. And it's just, like, you see the rolling tables and everything. And it's just, it blasts from the past kind of concept. Because uh, we were in Brickell and there's a uh, place called Prime, which I thought was kind of funny because they were primings. Mm-hmm. They were Prime. And uh, I walked in there and, like, my God, it was nice. But uh, then you go out to, like, the Little Havana and it's, like, old school and classic. Yeah, and dude, mm-hmm. I loved
0: it. Chris, you got anything to plug? I know you do.
1: Yeah, so my band Malibu Blackout dropped a single. was that today? Today. This is today, man. We're on all the stuff, the Spotify and all the, all the. Like my girlfriend's making fun of me again. Uh, I'm terrible with the social needs, but yeah, MalibuBlackout.com and Malibu Blackout and Spotify. And What's the name of the single? It's uh, what I've done. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's you guys, uh, you guys
0: have the dopest logo. I wish I wish it's I would. It's awesome. Had. So I can't wait for them shirts to come out, so I can rock that logo for you.
1: I'm going hunting for a dog tomorrow. That's exciting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're going hunting for a dog? A stray dog. There we go. I'm going dog catching tomorrow. So
2: literally just finding a stray dog and keeping him?
1: Uh, I'm not going to keep it. No. Oh. I'm, I'm dog fool. <laughs> My dog is more than I can handle. <laughs> but I'm actually doing it with Gabby, and we're going. Uh, she's on this uh, Facebook thing. <laughs> What's your? What?
2: Facebook group for dogs? You catch oh, you. it's called Skippy Lose.
1: Hmm.
2: It's got like over 15,000 members. Jesus. Damn. I'm not allowed to have a dog. My wife hates dogs. That's yeah, kind of a bummer. She's, she's all, all about cats. I thought about that. I wanted, I've always wanted an English Bulldog. This is sacrifice for marriage right here. I, uh, from the earliest I can ever think, I always wanted to have an English Bulldog. And I uh, told myself when I finally like, grow up, I, I would totally buy one. My wife's like, no. No dogs. And I'm like, Shit. Like I lost my dream of having a English bulldog. <laughs> That's like what all happened. in one fell swoop That's of uh, asking her to marry me, <laughs> and uh, so I was like, you know what? That's fine. Compromise is great. You know, I'm gonna get one of those uh, little wrinkly uh, cats, uh, the sphinx cats. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I already got a, I already got a person gonna breed me one. So, nice. but we got, we got two. My wife's name's Tuesday, and uh, our cats are Wednesday and Thursday.
0: Nice. So
2: I'm, I'm on the hunt for a black sphinx, essentially. To, uh, we're gonna call it. She. She used to work uh, retail, so we're gonna call Black Friday. Nice. And uh, keep up the the days of the week. There you and go. It was my last name being four, so she's Tuesday fourth. So I've kind of I've kind of ruined her for jokes, uh, as far as <laughs> dates and days and all I that think kind of an, stuff. That's
0: a, t- uh, a compromise. I mean, you don't get your dog, but you gave her a last name that she, you know.
2: And she possibly hates, yeah, you know. So but w- our our lives are like revolving around that. I'm always like in the, like in school, the fourth seat in the fourth row. Like, teachers think they're pretty fucking funny, but whatever. <laughs> and then uh, we got married on 10-4, which is the only – it was the only day, uh, Tuesday the 4th. So she essentially got married on the name of her – she nice. got married on the day of her name. Yeah. So <laughs> we found the one day of the entire year that was Tuesday the 4th, which ironically was a year after I engaged her. So, like, everything er- weirdly awkwardly paired well together. so nice. uh, we uh, what did there we, with we, the whole we, c- we keep it up, you know, the cats, the dates, you know, whatever. Nice. It's That's all cool, good. That's cool, man.
0: Well, if you want to find us – um shareyourbuzz.com we yep. are now on spotify as mm-hmm. well so you can get us on spotify stitcher radio itunes yep. um thanks guys for listening we and really next week we got my band
1: on so yeah we, we out, do so we man you know to, what we, we don't, don't do too. enough
0: is thank the fans mm-hmm. uh we yeah. have we have some good fans out there uh support the sponsors uh come and hang out at primings come mm-hmm. and um get your name uh, m-
2: kick it i'll uh, i'll make you a, a libation there you mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. and uh
0: say hi to jacob when you're here drinking maydays and yeah, drink your Mayday. Support your rake of vodka Yeah, and uh, make sure you rate us on iTunes or, or Google Play, whatever you listen to. Whatever, uh, what they call that? The uh, a um, an aggregate, whatever aggregate you listen to your podcast on. Uh, rate us five stars and or whatever and whatever you see fit. Leave a, a little comment if you want. Um, we I do read those. Um, yeah, man. I just want I want to make sure we start thanking the fans. Yeah, he more does. I, I do. Yeah. I don't care
1: about you people. <laughs> just kidding. I love y'all. Um, and, and if
0: you want to read the prologue to my book, Hell or High Tide, it's on shareyourbuzz.com. Click the Hell or High Tide link or just go to shareyourbuzz.com backslash Hell or High Tide. You can read the introduction of my book and hopefully I'm searching for a publisher, so hopefully that'll be out, that'll be out soon. Um, got some pretty good feedback on it so far, so I'm anxious to see what you guys think. Uh, I think that's all we got. Cheers. Thanks Thank man. You Cheers. So much, Jacob.
1: It's been Appreciate fun, I <laughs>